Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Professional Insight Podcast. I think we're at uh, episode 16, season 2. We're just going to roll with it now. Well, yeah, don't really care. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. Does it matter? Uh, not really. And a half. It doesn't no, really it doesn't. matter. No, we can't label the numbers anyways. Yeah, we're not allowed to. Uh, my name is Brandon okay. Curry. I'm Jeff Collins. Josh Bond. And Trevor Lindy. And our distinguished Smooth. guest, uh, <laughs> Donald Zeraldo, from last week's episode, has... Uh, graciously stayed behind to record another uh, episode with us. Um, and but this time, nothing to do with wine, but uh, another, hopefully another key industry in Niagara in the future, which I've always thought that would be a great place, cannabis. So, Donald, you are the chairman of Heritage Cannabis. Yes. That's out of Fort Erie. Yes, one of the LPs and the other one's in the Okanagan Valley. Which coincidentally is the same two places I had in the skill and wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it worked once, right, Don? <laughs> yeah, why change the formula? Why right? change? So, um, how did I mean? I would assume it's a fairly easy transition. I mean, how did how did this happen? Uh, well, uh, let me take you right back to my university days. I had a where know, everyone what? experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. <laughs> Black so, and, but yeah, I but a, you would have been there. <laughs> Late 60s? Yes, 71 I graduated. And um, so and I'm a fruit farmer, right? And I grew up on the farm in St. Catharines and uh, Ontario Street. And um, But I had to take a vegetable course, mandatory. I didn't like vegetables. I mean, it would have no interest in me. So um, I had a little research project. The professor said, look, just do something, do a thesis. So I planted some tomatoes. I was going to throw them in a freezer. And if they survived, I would have been famous because I would have had you know, freeze-resistant tomato plants. But I had a little extra space like this table, so I planted a little marijuana uh, and grew it. And here I thought, uh, you know, I was a popular guy because I was the quarterback of the football team. <laughs> but it turns out that it was the wine I brought from home and the marijuana I was growing in the greenhouse. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it goes back that far. And then about 12 years ago, uh, together, I was on the board of a company with a guy named Moses Neimer, some of you know, um, from City TV, uh, Joe Mimram, who's been on... Dragon's Den, yeah. formed a company called Canisat with uh, Lauren Gertner, who, if you know the name, he just sold Tokyo Smoke to Canopy about maybe six months ago. Okay. That company basically was 12 years ahead of its time, which it's a good thing I didn't do that with the wine business. or would never worked out. Right. So I would say about six months ago, a buddy of mine called me and said, Donald, my son-in-law is a broker. We want to invest in the cannabis, and we know you're in kind of knowledgeable, blah, blah, blah. Would you come on a visit to three or four facilities? So I did. The last one we stopped at was in Fort Erie, and coincidentally, the building was owned by uh, Nick DiPietro, a local boy, yep. uh, partner in uh, Patheon Pharmaceuticals, which by the world's greatest coincidence was the person that I'd asked to do the clinical trials from the Canisat company 12 years ago, 12 years huh. before. Huh. So just thought, ironically, the way yeah, it happened? Just like, can you, I was in his, and then when they told me it was his building, I thought, well, this must be an omen. Yeah. And then one of the guys said, aren't you Zeraldo? And I said, not really. I'm just here with these guys, just helping them out. And he said, you want to be on the board? And I said, I haven't even sat down yet. I haven't seen the facility. So they kept after me. Uh, I accepted a position as advisor to a company called Canicure. That's the name of the company in Fort Erie. And then they merged with Heritage, publicly traded company from Vancouver, another LP, which is a licensed producer. And voila, 
heritage, and they asked me if I'd be chairman. And I thought, I got time on my hands. You know, my six-year-old's at school now. I got a little bit of time getting a little bored. So I thought, and it's, you know, one drug, another drug. It's not that far removed. Yeah. And <laughs> so And the consumers like it. Well, yeah, that's a that's, that's a <laughs> whole debate. On, yeah, that's on. a whole debate because, as you know, the whole movement in the government regulations is that it can't be mixed with alcohol. So that any of the infusion that's done is going to be done at an LP facility. It can't be done by a brewery or winery or a distillery. So by uh, luck, I would suggest our hundred thousand square facility in Fort Erie can house all that. So. We'll be getting into those edibles nice. beverage down the road. And another great coincidence is that you may recall who put in $4 billion into Canopy was Constellation. Right. Right, and that was into uh, Tweet, right? They, they Canopy Tweet, can yeah, canopy which is, yeah, which yeah, is okay. same thing. So where do you see, now, are you doing recreational and medical? Medical, recreational, extraction. We're going to go from seed to sale. Mm -hmm. uh, I personally think the future is in medical. The recreational is interesting, and, you know, it'll find its leveling spot. But there's this whole discussion about since you can't smoke anywhere anyway, and it is rather uh, odorous, if I could describe it that way. Yeah. So, you know, Taking it as an edible or an oil yep. uh, or a beverage is just much more socially acceptable. And as the stigma wears off, people become more and more. It's not unlike I, the analogy I make a lot is to the prohibition. Absolutely. You know, so I know all the Italian and Portuguese people that worked for me on the farm when I was a kid, they all used to make their own homemade wine. But nobody does now anymore. They go to the LCBO. Uh, so the same thing will happen slowly. As I understand, there's only 20% of current consumption is regulated the rest is still in the black market black market don't they have some kind of a hotel in Niagara Falls that just got greenlit for it was on Facebook or something oh, I have no like idea. A, a marijuana friendly hotel oh really yeah oh which Bro. means what they, 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 they you can smoke, smoke anywhere you want in there and buy it there and stuff I don't know I'm which makes sense I mean, Niagara Falls is public right because vaping doesn't have the odor that comes it's, it's a, a little bit of a pungent odor right with yeah. uh yeah, that's a whole other discussion is the vaping because there's a bit of a concern with the young kids. Right. Because yeah, that's right? a big yeah, concern Joel, for them Joel, right now, vaping. Jewel or whatever it's called. Jewel, Jewel yeah. yeah. E-cigarettes you know, and stuff. Yeah, and it's confusing because, you know, you don't know if the person's just got a cigarette there. Either way, it's not good yeah. for kids. What, yeah. um, what, why, uh, where do you see this industry going? Because when uh, a couple of very respectable, like, um, PricewaterhouseCoopers did an analysis on the Canadian market. Yes. Like, to your point, 20, the, the, the one thing that I always said, like, Definitely. it's a lot harder to make w well, good quality wine because uh, we've all had that basement wine. You just went, okay, <laughs> I think I just lost a brain cell. Don't you have a cellar in your basement? <laughs> I have a cellar in my basement. I do not make oh, wine. Oh, okay, no, no, I, I know where to draw my limits. Um, it's like a hammer. Cur yeah. Curry baby duck. Yeah, curry baby duck. What's this? Pot friendly. Pot friendly hotel in the works for Niagara. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Okay, they have a retail license. You know, I don't know. Oh, yeah, I just oh, I caught I my eye it. the other day. Just now we're bringing it up right now. Um, so, what? How do you figure you will? Yes, the the growth because eighty percent is still in the black market. Um, where do you think 
medicinal, obviously, I, I do agree with you, is definitely the growth. Right. Because how are you going to get those people from growing it themselves or buying it from their dealer on the black market for far cheaper than what they can get it in the store for? Um, how, how do you see the industry changing from to getting even more of that 80%? Well, it, availability is one issue, of course. And that's been totally screwed up. Yep. Because they should have, A, probably left the LCBO, do their part, and then issued 25 licenses, but vetted that, right. that lottery thing was a fiasco. Right. So availability is an issue. What? So the government did a fiasco? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, you know, they should have left. I think they would have left it with the LCBO. I mean, they're well organized. Yep. You know, they have all the checks and balances. So that probably would have been a good thing to do. Uh, you know, and then we knew who we were dealing with, too. So and you notice all the agents wanted to represent uh, cannabis. But it'll evolve, not unlike uh, prohibition. Yeah. You know, the whole alcohol thing just evolved. And nowadays, who makes wine at home? Few people do with kids. No. And the good thing about that is when you make your own homemade wine, when you drink it, or some of your friends drink it, more importantly, uh, you'll go want to go buy it. Next time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wake you know, up the next morning. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I think it, it's an evolution, and it's a lot of factors that play into it. And if you look at Colorado, I spent the winter in Aspen, and I spent a lot of time because it's legal there. They've got retail stores. It's completely wide open. There's six retail stores. They have all the packaging. You know, here we're limited in packaging. Um, that's, you know, so there are a lot of limitations, and it's all in the intent to try to make sure that it doesn't fall into the wrong hands, kids, and so on. So it'll transition slowly into the into the legal market. So I think it'll become closer to like Amsterdam and all that, where they have little Well, it's a long way. <coughs> We're going to be like a long that, way yeah. off before we get to Amsterdam. Yeah. And, and don't forget, there's, there's this whole stigma of people, you know, reaction to it. Yeah. So yeah. it'll just take time to, you know, and on the medical side, I'm a user. If I, that sounds odd, but I am a user. <laughs> just <laughs> like I... Like I drink wine, mm -hmm. uh, but that's what I do. I'm Italian. My background's wine. I've had wine since I was eight years old on the table, so I respect it. Yep. And I think that's the part that's important with the cannabis. I have a six-year-old, mm -hmm. so I got to think about you know how am I going to deal with this? Leaving so, edibles around and stuff like that, or well, yeah. you know, anything really. Just even the fact that you know, if, if I'm going to be using it, what Distance am I going to tell my right? kid? Yeah. Distance though. Yeah, and you know, the same with wine. He, yep. you know, the other day he said, "Can I put my finger in it?" And so he dips his finger in and tastes it and he likes it or doesn't like it yep. he's six years old yeah so he'll grow up like i grew up respecting alcohol alcohol yeah and i think that's what we need to do with the kids is make sure that we educate them and there is documented proof if you want to watch uh, david suzuki's 30-minute show on schizophrenia there is a disposition genetically that if you have a specific gene which they can identify you will become addicted to um not so much addicted, but in using marijuana when you're young, teenagers and so on, you could get schizophrenia because it triggers schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. So and Suzuki did a beautiful show on that. And I think that speaks to the issue of we got to be very careful of yeah. how we educate young people in the use. And that's where this vapes come in because for some reason kids have gotten into this vaping. And they love it. They love it. Yeah. It's I go to a skate park with my kid who's 10 years old, and it, not just for, for cannabis, but for the e-cigs and all yeah. that, and they all have it. Uh, uh, and all their teeth are rotten out <laughs> and all that stuff. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's the, the, the cool kids are doing it or whatever. Yeah. But they're all vaping. Yeah, but me nuts. I mean, when yeah. I was a kid, we smoked. But this is supposed the to be. They're, they're saying this could be worse than smoking yeah. was all the yeah. time because yeah, the flavoring yeah. in it. Yeah. yeah, like it's a yeah, sugar sure. flavor. Yeah. It's become a it's yeah. become a controversy because I was actually with a, a woman that owns six retail vape, sh vape shops, and she started it because she was she had a problem. Her husband or family was smoking, 
So she's done these vapes and she's reducing the nicotine in them so that she weans you off. Right. That's her. So, and the reason she came to see us was she said, you know, we'd like to put THC and CBD in, in the uh, vapes. And so we got, they wanted to have a tour of the facility and we took them to the retail store to have a look at that. So I think that's really, really fundamental that that be an important part. And that's parents' responsibility, you know, education. Well, the and big education is between CBD and THC, too, well, that, right? Because a lot of people yeah. can use the CBD for, like, I started using it to help sleep and stuff like that. And I can't, the THC gets me all jittery. That's real, And the CBD gets you to sleep? CBD relaxes me. Relaxes yeah. me. Because I take CBD. I was supposed to have neck surgery mm-hmm. in November, C5. And because I've had back surgery, I got a titanium knee, and that's what happens when you ski and play football <laughs> and stuff. And I went on it because my chiropractor, Nick uh, Vaccaro, Dr. Vaccaro, mm-hmm. um, he uh, said, why don't you try this? And oddly enough, you know, with all the involvement I had with marijuana from university and this canisat, I'd never heard of CBD. Yeah. At least I wasn't paying attention. I literally now went from not being able to uh, cycle skiing. I had to basically retire, and I couldn't even pick up my kit because it was that painful with my neck. I'm like 100% now. And back. is it oils that you're putting on? Or I, you no, I, I take the oil uh, orally Yeah. And uh, before I go to sleep, only when I go to sleep, yeah. and it helps me sleep because there's a little bit of THC in it. But I think that's the other thing is that somebody needs to spend more time educating people about THC, which is the hallucinogenic component yeah. of, TA, of uh, uh, marijuana cannabis, and the CBD, which is non-hallucinogenic, and if you look in the United States, they've legalized hemp yeah. mm-hmm. for CBD production, mm-hmm. and that's you know going to explode, and it'll probably happen. And unfortunately, the agriculture industry in Canada seems to have missed the boat on both growing uh, marijuana and hemp. Yeah. And you know, when you got an industry, I mentioned, uh, I think in the other podcast about the greenhouse industry because some of it's being grown there, it's not easy because you're not allowed to use any pesticides. It's very, very controlled. So the people that should be growing it are the experts in the greenhouse industry, which are the Dutch and the Italian community that grow tomatoes and vegetables. They're, like, they're used to growing. Yeah, they, they're, they've been doing it, you know, whether you're growing a tomato or a cucumber or marijuana, it's a plant. Yep. So I think that's also something that's going to, if you look at today's globe this morning or on the weekend, uh, no, sorry, it wasn't that. It was Cantrust, my supplier of my uh, oil because I get it through the medical through the Canada Post which I really find ironic because I can't ship my wine no you can't <laughs> ship your wine but you can get marijuana right, your door. Yeah, <laughs> right. no problem so that's uh, uh, but a bottle of wine that's been legalized since 1928 <laughs> not a chance not a chance a little odd a little odd so um this has been so enlightening yeah. and, and absolutely mind blowing I can uh, keep going and going let's keep uh, going let's get it. uh yeah. I, I'm going to suggest you get some experts in here because I think this is a good opportunity for you to be an educational tool. Well, so yeah. these, uh, this Kevin and Matt at the Herbalist, which we'll is have in them in. Catherine. Yeah, well, I think the interesting in. thing from a real estate standpoint for, for cannabis, like the, there's a property I wanted to buy in Foss Road in Fenwick area of Fawn Hill here, and there's a greenhouse right across it, and it was just sold recently, and the owners of the house across the street had to disclose that a uh, a THC growing a greenhouse will be there, and it all came down to the smell. Yeah, so the orders internalized the smell on this property, and they said they're disclosing that it have an internal uh, filter for it, so it wouldn't smell that bad. But they had to disclose that as part of the real estate for it too, which is interesting. Yeah, and it's and it's an issue because there are some concerns, and you've seen some of the municipalities. <clears throat> it's because they don't understand. That's why I think the education component is important, 
and you know setting up regulations that are going to offset that all those yeah, orders. I think the smell regulations still hard. is what people want for it because like you'll you'll drive down certain areas in Fenwick and boom, yeah. smack right dab and <laughs> yeah. ooh, someone's growing something yeah, yeah, around here, sure, right? Yeah. It's weird. But they've they've got to be able to filter it. I mean, I'm a northern kid, right? And I, a lot of lumber plants and stuff like that. So they put all kinds of filters in. Well, it's just yeah. a high-end filtration yeah. process. But lumber, need, really. lumber is lumber. I mean, yeah. lumber and lumber smells nice, right? Yes. It smells like wood. It fresh wood is nice. Fresh cut grass is nice. We just got to reprogram ourselves. <laughs> sod, fresh <laughs> cut <laughs> sod. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're when you're doing these orders, it's a problem. And yeah. uh, I've you know I've had discussions with companies that say, oh yeah, we can. I said, can you guarantee 100% clean? Then then they won't guarantee anything. Yeah. Yeah. So it, everybody's again working on it. But they haven't really quite figured out. So from a municipal bylaw standpoint, it's becoming an issue because people are going to be difficult. But listen, again, back to the my industry, it's no different than bird bangers, wind machines, manure spread in the vineyards. You know, people it's that move. It's got to evolve. Right? Yeah, right. people you move down. You just got to get used to the smell and enjoy it rather than yeah. hate it. You know, that's yeah. that's what I find. But yeah. another place I've got in Port Colborne on the side, got 2.6 acres, and it's, it's zoned for medical marijuana facility. And then I had a bunch of people go to buy it right away. They go to Port Coburn to, to get the permission to zone it. And they said, no, we're holding off for a year. Even though we're zoning it that you can do that, you can't do anything for at least a year. No and then we can extend it. Yeah. Yeah, they're trying to understand the regulations yeah. and how they, you know, because what happens too, too is somebody, build, right away, well, somebody right? builds it, puts a greenhouse in, and then the odor starts. And then yeah. what do you do? You yeah. can't it's shut all it the, down. It's all the odor. That's the yeah. biggest problem people are having. So they need to work on that. And carbon, you know, is a good filter because it's used for filtration. But nobody's really figured out. I don't think if somebody has and they hear this, they should definitely yeah, call. call in, yeah. do, do a podcast with us. Yeah, because that's one of the big issues. So are we saying the government, again, implemented something maybe a little too quickly? No, I don't <laughs> think so. Because, you know, come on, it's been around. I mean, you know. No, they, no, they, I they, just, kind of, they kind of did, though, because everybody raced to get these licenses right. at all the places. And they should the have land, a plan said, in whoa, 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 place before they push it. And, and I, I'm all for legalization. That's, that's my stance on it, right? Yeah. If it helps people... Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's been around for a long time. It's not as if this is something no. new. So, no. you know, it'll come. It'll evolve, and people just got to be a little more patient. I'm more concerned about the, the whole issue with the youth, and that's why I say the educational component is important. And I think just for people who use it, because, you know, if you go in, I, when first time I went into the uh, my doctor who wouldn't sign my document, he's 42 years old, he wouldn't sign it because he said to me, he's a medical doctor, and he had to educate me on the negative aspects. I said, Doc. I've been growing this stuff before you were born, so you don't need to educate. I maybe educate you on the benefits, but I had to get somebody else to sign. Went to the cannabis clinic in St. Catharines in the Core Block, and one of, there was a bunch of people sitting there, and you could tell, you know, where they came from. And one of the guys with his head down looked up, white hair, older gentleman, goes, "Oh, hey, Bill, how are you?" He goes, "Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm my doctor made me come here." <laughs> He's all nervous. Yeah, hey, the I'm people. like, "Relax, man. I said, this I'm here cool. too." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's that's. I think that's. The thing that, you know, yeah. people got to get through this well, idea. The, the, the interesting stigma, part right? is the CBD because everybody's starting to go after it and they're feeling more comfortable with it and because they don't want to take ibuprofen or aspirin or anything like that. They want something that's natural. Well, so it, you know, and after it, it. It, we have a mutual friend, uh, you know, that uh, suffers from a brain injury. And, uh, you know, for years he was on seven pills a day. Yeah. And he said, he's like, I just can't do it anymore. I just can't do the seven pills a day. Cocktail. He was, it was like three pills for the ailments and then another four pills for the, the side effects from the three pills that suffered. And he goes, he finally just went on medical marijuana and he, does, he got rid of all seven pills. So, it's a revelation for and, the and, medical and, industry and, and they probably for, don't for like it because of that, sure. but it's right? great for and people. I just think like, and then I think too, when my, my uncle p passed away a couple years ago and, uh, you know, he was on morphine. And I'm not saying like, marijuana would have cured or anything of that mm -hmm. nature but 
I mean, morphine for the pain is a poison. And it just, it literally killed him socially in his last years. And I just figured, I, w I just would have hoped that it would have been legalized prior to that. So maybe he could have been on some CBD oil for the pain. And, but it's, it's a generational thing because it's our generation that's totally open-minded to it. Mm -hmm. And then there's your generation, in, in all honesty, that, oh, if my doctor says take seven pills, then I'm taking seven pills, and, and that's it. The, well, I, we can't throw them under the bus, though. There's no, a good portion the, of the, the hippies that, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, grandfathers yeah. No, of... No. Hey, listen, but, we, used to, we used to smoke it all yeah, the time. It was absolutely. cool back yeah. in the 70s, yeah. but now it's, you know, evolved into something else. Plus, everybody's got kids, and they're concerned about the kids. So, it, you know, it, certainly it's an alternative to morphine. I mean, and the doctors, the guys that were on our board at Canisat, for example, their interest was once people, you know, they need the morphine for the first three days of your, like when I had back surgery or knee surgery, you had it. But then I, I put it aside because I wanted to technically feel the recovery and the pain. Yeah. But you transition, and their interest is to transition you from morphine to was it Percocets, the other Perks. one? Mm. Well, yeah. And then you go on to liver-killing products, really, yeah, right? And Just even the organs, uh, yeah. ibuprofen and all these things, yeah. these COX-2 derivatives, which you know, I used to But swallow. you had a hard time for marijuana or CBD, but you can have Perks, right? Yeah, that's, you know, that's, the way, the way the, <laughs> that's the way the world works. So I think this is going to sort of be a supplement. And the other area where it's showing up a lot of uh, uh, conversion is in this oxycodone problem. Oh, yeah. You know, as a pain reliever. So once people understand that CBD is an anti-inflammatory with no hallucinatory uh, effect on you, and the THC, sometimes it's what they call an entourage. They work better together. But we don't understand how it works. Because even the cannabinoids, the CBD, there's a whole raft of them. I was with the chief uh, medical officer yesterday, and he was listing in all the different CBDs, there's all kinds of them, but we don't understand them, we don't quite specifically know. So one of the things that Heritage just got involved in, um, we got involved in a, a company that does DNA testing. For example, I have my 23andMe yep. done, like Ancestry.com, so I can give my results, or you can send it in to this company and have your results, and they will personally, through personalized medicine, which is the future of medicine, tell you what which strains are good for well, you? What's going to yeah, benefit yeah. you? Which yeah. you know, which one of these that needs to be formulated? The the controversy, of course, is that the people are taking five or six pills. There may be an issue there, you know, compatibility. So this DNA testing will also tell you you can take this, but you can't match it with this, which is dangerous if you're getting it on the black market. So it's a uh, reason for you to go legal. Yeah. So yeah, that you're regulated, and hopefully the pharmacists will get on side because that's where I thought it should have been yep. for the medical. It should have been through the pharmacy. Yep. Oh, should have been through the pharmacy. Yeah. Absolutely. My so wife's a pharmacist. Yeah. So, so she could. She has the knowledge yep. to say, you know, you're taking these five. Let's have a. Absolutely. Make sure that these don't, you know, no interactions. No interactions. Yeah. Exactly. So I'll, I'll never forget my my step grandfather. He died of MS about 20 years ago. My uncle loved smoking pot, pothead, whatever you want to call him. But a week and a half before he passed away, he smoked his first joint and said he never felt any pain for the first time <laughs> in about 20 years. First time in 20 years and passed away like a week and a half later. Yeah, yeah, it was because yeah. of the pot or anything. But yeah. yeah, so it it, it, it'll, just, it'll take time, and yeah. I think that's really Acceptance. fundamental. Yeah. And the medical profession should step up to the plate because they've sort of been hesitant because they have to go through certain channels, I guess, and procedures because there isn't a lot of research done. Mm -hmm. It's basically anecdotal research mm -hmm. like all of you have told the story and it seems like everybody's got a story. It, yeah. 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 No, I mean, it's, uh, 
And I, I'm, I use CBD once in a while to help sleep, and it works great. Yeah, works great. Better than taking a sleeping pill, that's for sure. Oh, I totally agree with that. I mean, you got to. I think we've got to downplay the, you know, the the hippie store. Like, you know what I mean? That it, you know, I think yeah. with moderation. Yeah, well, my, my biggest great. problem is is smoking a joint when I was younger all the time, but then you have a couple panic attacks of the wrong kind of weed, yeah. and then you, you're Which is mentally nervous, and now I don't want to take THC stuff. And go right? to someone like it's probably because it was sprayed or whatever, right? right, when I had it, but, but now so I'm paranoid of smoking like it. There's a sativa, there's yeah. different strains, yeah. right? And That's a whole other story. Technically, a lot of people don't think they exist. I mean, in grapes, it's Vitis vinifera, Vitis labrusca, Vitis riparia is the wild one. Yeah. In cannabis, it's very confusing. So when people start talking, a lot of it is misinformation, yeah, unfortunately. Okay. So it even if you look at the parallels, up, though, between both the wine, the research. There's a lot of there's yeah, a lot of parallels. Neat. That's probably neat. one of the reasons why I got involved because it just seemed to be a kind of a natural fit. It's a natural plant. You know, we grow grapes, we grow cannabis, the we squeeze it, and oh, you know, I remember my younger isolates, days. You know. Wine and weed. I don't remember a thing of those nights. <laughs> <laughs> a bottle in a bag and woof. What did I do last night? Yeah, you don't want to. What did I do last yeah, night? And mixing the two is a no-no. Oh yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough night. That's a recipe That's for a, sleep. Yeah. In well, uh, thank you very much. Yeah, that was yeah, awesome. That was, that was a lot of fun. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, and awesome. uh, thanks again to our sponsor, Brand Boulevard, as well. for. Uh, I think we got to get a group picture here for our, our, our site. Can you do a group picture with us? Yeah? yeah. I'll get the Amazing. secretary to do it. Um, and uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, tune in next week. Uh, you can share and care on all the major platforms. I'm off all Apple products. <laughs> yeah, all right. Thanks help very us. much. Help us help you stay informed. Ciao. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Do. Did. Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.